0: We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4 in your Bible tonight, if you would, the book of Ephesians, and chapter number 4. I must say it's good to have people to preach to. I preached to chairs for a while, didn't seem to move them much. I preached to pictures for a while. That was just different. I don't even know how to say that. It was, it was good. It's better than preaching in the chairs, I guarantee you, but didn't see much movement there either. I'm glad to have preach, uh, people to preach to. And some of you are just good targets. I'll not mention any names right here at this point. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? That he that descended is the same also that ascended up or above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth no more be Uh, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ even whom the whole body uh, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Uh, if you'll leave your Bible open there, we're going to look at a few of these verses, uh, not, the whole, not the whole reading, but a few of the verses with this thought in mind trusting God's leadership. We can trust God's leadership. And he's alive and well, and he's still leading. And so we're going to try to uh, preach on that for a little while. Let's pray and we'll get going. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we are very, very glad for the opportunity we have to be gathered together under one roof again. Lord, thankful for the people that are back out tonight. We're thankful for those that are watching by live stream. And we just pray that you'd continue to uh, work in our midst. Uh, whether we're watching over the internet or whether we're right here in this place, that you do what only you can do. And we pray for your power, boldness, Lord, just to preach your word, this message the way that you would uh, want it done, that we would uh, say everything we need to say, refrain from saying anything that doesn't need to be said. Uh, Lord, that uh, we'd be led by your precious Spirit all the way through this. And, uh, Father, at the proper time that... uh, as you speak to hearts that people would be willing to respond Lord we want to be closer to you we we want to be everything you would have us to be so guide us in all of this Lord and work in our midst we pray and thank you for your goodness in Jesus name amen and amen thank you so much for standing for the reading of the word of God and please be seated I don't believe I'm going to get any argument as I kick this thing off when I say that we believe that God is omniscient, that He's all-knowing. I mean that God's knowledge is complete. He's an omniscient God. And we believe that He's omnipresent, that He's everywhere all the time. There's nowhere that He is not. And we believe that He's omnipotent, that He is all-powerful. I mean that God is very well able to bring to pass everything that He chooses, he has no external limitations. He, 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 he only limits, uh, I'm sorry, his only limits are those that he places upon himself. He's an omnipotent God. We also believe that God's immutable. What does that mean? Well, that he's absolutely unchanging. That God never changes. No, no, he never has changed, never will change. He's an unchanging God. Um, and we believe that God is holy. He's a holy God. He hasn't, he hasn't uh, come to term with the times. He is as holy as he has ever been. Um, and although all of his attributes are very, very important, it seems that his holiness is mentioned and maintained all the way through the Bible. We have a holy God. Amen. We also believe that God is righteous. And God's holiness is manifested in his righteousness. Because he is holy, he is righteous. The attribute of righteousness is the way that His holiness is expressed when dealing with men. And we believe that God is merciful. Somebody say amen right there. It is by His mercies each day that we do not get what we really deserve. His wonderful mercies. And we believe that God is love. The Bible says that God is love. We believe that God is love. And it is because of His great love that we can know Him in the free pardon of sin. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that we might be saved by His wonderful grace. And we also believe that God is sovereign. A sovereign God. We believe in the sovereignty of God. Now, we don't believe it like some people believe it, that God picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. We know better than that because of the Scripture. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God isn't the one that sets up there and picks from the beginning, well, you're going to have to go to heaven and you're going to have to go to hell. No, 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 no. We don't believe in God's sovereignty that way, but we do believe that God is sovereign. He is a sovereign God. And God's sovereignty is how He rules His creation. And it basically means that God does what He wants, when He wants, with who He wants. God is in complete control absolutely. So yet he has given us a free will, hasn't he? He has given us a free will that where we can obey or we can reject his leading. I said, I'll say it again. God's a sovereign God, but he has given us a free will to where we, when he deals with us, we can either obey him or we can reject his leading. And the very first verses in our Bible make it clear that God does what He chooses to do. Oh, come on. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God does what He chooses to do. And then if we go on to read the first chapter of the Bible, the entire chapter shows His authority and His sovereignty over His creation. I mean, over and over and over again. And the Bible is full of passages of Scripture that show God leading people to do certain things, isn't it? Over and again, no, He deals with people and He leads them. To do certain things. We've seen people in our scriptures. We, as we read we see people argue with God at times. Don't they? We, we, uh, don't, don't we? We see people that refuse to do what God asked them to do. Don't we? Come on we could bring up examples. I'm, I, I don't have time to do that. But we see that. That even, even back during Bible times. All the way through history pretty much. God has said I want you to do this. And there have been people that say nope. Not going to do it. And God gave us his scripture. He gave us this Bible that that we might uh, that we might learn from others. Because the ones that said no to God along the way, it really didn't usually turn out very good for them, did it? Or good for the people that were around them. It just didn't. So God is sovereign. We believe that. We believe in God's leading. We believe in His leading, no matter what might come. No, 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 no matter how it might look when we're following Him, we believe in God's leading. <clears throat> in shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet. I don't get to sing in the choir, so I get to sing anytime I want to. Amen. Amen. God leads His dear children along. Oh, and he does, he does, he does. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet. <laughs> I love those songs. God leads His dear children along. Some through the waters and some through the flood. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Amen. Some through great sorrows, but God gives a sweet song (laughs) in the night season and all the day long. We believe in God's leading. No, no, we know we can trust Him even when the waters get deep. We know we can trust Him even when the dark clouds roll in. We know that if we're following Him, that He is going to make a way for us to get through whatever might come about in our life. We can trust Him. He is there for us. We believe that as we yield ourselves to Him, and we pray for His direction in our lives, that He gives that direction. No, no, we trust Him. Wouldn't be any, we, no, no, listen to me. There wouldn't be any reason to pray for His direction if we didn't believe He gives us direction. But He does give us direction, He is there for us. I, I mean, we have, look, we have many, many friends. We have many, many friends that are in the ministry, many friends that are on mission fields around this world. And each one of those people, somewhere at one time, were prompted by God Himself to surrender. I said, each one of them were prompted somewhere at some time to say, Lord, I'll go. You've dealt with my heart, that's what I want to do. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, that's exactly what I do. Now I have friends all around this country and around this world that are in ministry on mission fields and each one somewhere God spoke to their heart and they surrendered. Lord, I'll go. Here am I, send me. And after their surrender, after their surrender, please get this, stay with me, after their surrender, as they yielded, after their surrender, as they yielded and stayed close to God, He eventually led them to know where He wanted them to go. And then He enabled them to go and He met their needs as they went. And No, no. After their surrender, as they continued to yield to Him and stay close to Him, then He eventually showed them where to go and made a way for them to go and took care of them as they went. God is sovereign. And he can absolutely do that. Uh, okay, let me stop here just for just a second. Listen, once you surrender to God, once you surrender to God, if you are not willing to follow him right where you are, I just, I think God wants me to go and be in a ministry one of these days. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe He's still speaking to people and trying to get people to go. I believe people should still be surrendering Him. But, but no, no, no. After you surrender to God, if you're not willing to follow Him right where you are, if you're not willing to listen to obey Him and uh, 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 all that He wants you to do, if you grow more enamored with your own wants and your own desires going the way that you want to go rather than separating yourself to a holy God and living a life that He would have you to live you'll probably never get to that place where He shows you what He has for you and that's a real shame Amen. it's a horrible shame that we wouldn't stay close enough to God to listen to Him and hear Him and be willing to separate ourselves unto Him and live the life He wants us to live that we might go ahead and serve Him in the way that He is calling us to serve Him no, 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 I've seen it too many times People surrender, and then they get off on their own trail, doing their own thing. I'm telling you, we need to trust God's leadership. He's there for us. However, God not only leads people into full-time ministry. Preacher, are you trying to call people into ministry? I don't want to call anybody into ministry. I believe God's still trying to call people into the ministry, and they're just not answering that call but i don't want to call anybody in the ministry no 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 no, no. no. i'm not doing that because see god not only leads people into full-time ministry situations he also leads people in everyday life choices i mean we don't have to be in the ministry to hear from god god's there for that. us he's sovereign he still speaks to to us through his word through preaching through teaching uh through that still small voice And I'm here to tell you tonight that God works. No, no, you stay with me. I'm here to tell you tonight that God works with us individually. He works on individuals. Excuse me. That means that he works on me. And he works on you. And 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 I could keep on going. He works on us. As individuals. He works in our lives. As individuals. And as he does. As God works on us that way. We either yield to him. Come on stay with me here. We either yield to him. Or we don't. I said, God deals with us from the smallest issues to the largest issues in our life. And we either yield to Him or we don't. Individuals. I remember a preacher telling a story of how God was working in his heart during a youth camp one summer during the preaching. And as God dealt with him during that time, he kept looking around at the people in his youth group. I mean, he's trying to figure out, I mean, God's speaking to him about all these things, what God wanted him to do, and he kept looking around at all the other people that were around him. And he finally leaned over to the guy that was sitting next to him and he said, Hey, hey, is God dealing with you? About. But no, God wasn't dealing with his buddy. God wasn't dealing with him about that. No, 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 no. God wasn't dealing with him about the same thing. God deals with us as individuals. Come on, stay with me here. I'm going someplace. As individuals. And when he does, we do not need anyone else. Please get this. When He deals with us, we do not need anyone else to approve. We just simply need to obey. It doesn't matter what anybody says, thinks, what... No, no, no. As long as it lines up with this, as long as we're doing what God wants us to do, it really does not matter what anyone else has to say about it, what they think about it. It doesn't matter. Because God deals with us as individuals. 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 <clears throat> Here's the problem with that. At times, God deals with you about something, and you know you need to yield to God. You know you need to submit to God. You know you need to do what God would have you to do. But those around you aren't making those choices, and they're not making those changes. So you end up being more pulled by the peer peer pressure than you are moved by God's divine directions that He has given you. Are you even, listen to me please, are you even, you even end up being more pulled by family members than you are by what God's trying to do in your life? No, it happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me go ahead and tell you parents tonight that that is a very dangerous thing. When your children, when your children tell you that God is working on their heart about something to discredit them and tell them that it's not so, you have just deterred your child from being obedient to God. No, no, that's as long. No, 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 as long as it cannot be proven wrong by the Word of God, you've just deterred your child. From doing what God would have them to do. And that is a dangerous place to be. I said that's a very dangerous place to be. I've known young people coming home and telling their parents that they were going to get rid of some of their music collection only to have their parents tell them they couldn't do so because of the money they had invested in it. Oh, that happened. There have been those that God spoke to about changing the way that they dress. Only to have their parents, one of the parents tell them that they couldn't get rid of certain clothes because they were going to wear them because they bought them paid the money for it. They can't do that. No, I'm telling you, they're just getting in God's way. It's a dangerous place to be. God deals with us as individuals. Listen, listen to me please. No, don't you shut me off. Listen to me. If we believe that God can speak to our children about their lost condition, and we do. If we believe that, we, that No, no, if we believe that God can speak to our children about their lost condition and, and that God can lead them to know that they need Christ as their personal savior. Why in the world wouldn't we believe that God can speak to them about that an omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, holy God wants in their lives. Why wouldn't we believe that God can speak to them about anything that He wants to do in their lives? Now, before you discourage your children from their decisions, you better make sure that you're not keeping them from what God would have them to do. Because that is a very dangerous place to be. So, if we believe God is sovereign, and we do, don't we? Somebody say amen. <laughs> Got you worried, don't I? You're going somewhere, aren't you, preacher? I am, but it's not it's not away from the Bible, okay? So hang with me here. If we believe that God is sovereign, and we do, if we believe that he believe that he leads in our lives, and we do. Surely we believe that we should seek Him about the church body in which He would have us to be a part and serve. What what church would you have me to be a part of, Lord? I mean, it's only right, isn't it? Come on, God's sovereign. We trust Him. We know He can guide us. We know He puts us where He wants us. And by the way, God does want us to be a member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching, Bible-practicing church. He does want us to be a member of a church like that. One of the first questions that I'll ask someone that uh, comes desiring to join Riverside Baptist Church is this. Do you know this is where God wants you to be? Very first question I'll ask. them. Have you prayed? Do you know this is where God would have you and your family? Do you know this is where... God would have you to be and once they can answer that to the affirmative then we continue to talk about membership here because my desire my desire I, I personally I think everybody ought to join Riverside Baptist Church no offense brother Jim but I know I know that God won't lead that way and I want people to be exactly where God wants them to be. That's what I want. I want them to be exactly where God would have them to be. Because, no, 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 no. Because, because, because if, if that's where they are, if they are right where God wants them to be, and they will immerse themselves in the ministry of that church and the learning of that church, then I guarantee you God will mold them into who He wishes them to be in Christ. He puts us in a place to work in our lives and work in our hearts and work in our families. He puts us in a place uh, that He wants us to be so that He can reach us with the information He wants us to be reached with. He does that. We know that. And we know that the book of Ephesians is a book about the local church. I'm thankful it wasn't long ago we preached through the book of Ephesians on Wednesday night and it's, it's all about the local church. And where we are tonight is talking about, of course, the gifts that were given to the church. Verse number 11 there, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So five gifts at that time. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teaching. Now regarding apostles, since one of the qualifications of being an an apostle was seeing the Lord Jesus Christ face to face, there are no more apostles today. You know, not even that guy that claimed to see the 900-foot Jesus. No, no, no. That guy, he's not an apostle, I guarantee it. It doesn't work that way. No, no. That was a gift that was used for a time. God used it for a time. But there are no more God-called apostles. And as for the rest of the gifts, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, God is still gifting churches with those, and I'm thankful for that. Very, very, very thankful for that. Uh, Prophets are those that, 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 when we think about prophets, there might be a tendency to think of the Old Testament prophets who were foretellers of the Word of God. God gave them prophecy. They went and preached what God said. But a prophet can also be one that, foretells the Word of God. I mean, they spoke of things to come. We speak mostly of things that have already happened, of which uh, we have been given for our admonition and for our learning in that way. And the old prophet spoke by received revelation from God. God gave him what he wanted him to say at that time. They delivered it to men and then there's the modern-day prophet, if you will, whose ministry continues on today, uh, having been delivered the Word uh, in its completed form, our Bible, and continuing to preach it with boldness and a real sense of urgency along the way. You know, a prophet seems to see the bad in everything. And, and that's why some people don't care to hear from the Old Testament prophets uh, back in the Old Testament times. And that's why some still today don't like to hear from some old leather lung preacher So leather lung prophet of God some people don't like to hear from the prophets anymore don't like to hear that and then there's the evangelist timothy was told to do the work of an evangelist to continue to proclaim the gospel of the lord jesus christ faithfully to a lost and dying world certainly we should be doing that telling people how they can come to know christ as their savior and then pastors, of course the pastor is the under-shepherd. We know without a doubt that uh, the chief shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the chief shepherd over, over the church. The under-shepherd is one that is called to lead and to feed and to comfort and to love the flock. Guide them in a way that God would have them to go. And then it speaks of teachers. And I believe there are some that are gifted in the area of teaching. Some more than others, although I believe we should always be working on uh, teaching believers how to live for God. And it also appears to me as I study the Bible that one man can be blessed with with pretty much all these gifts to give to the church. I'm talking about a pastor who loves and leads God's people, can be an evangelist who continues to declare the gospel, and he can be a teacher that can rightly divide uh, and teach the Bible, and he can even be a prophet at times, uh, pointing out the bad in the world and possibly even the sin in somebody's life. It's a possibility. And if God is the one that gives gifts to the church, there must be a reason behind that, that he gives gifts to the church. Come on, God is the one that gifted the church with these things. And so if He gives gifts to the church, there has to be a reason. And the reason is found there in verses 12 through 15. Whether it's one man with these gifts, or whether it's men working in the church together with these gifts, they all serve the same purpose for the church. They all serve the same purpose. Verse number 12 there says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So working this gifts to work to perfect the saints. When it talks about saints, it's talking about you and I that have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Um, and perfecting here, pardon me, it speaks of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Uh, for them to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Uh, to, to bring believers to a place where they can be a part of the work of the ministry. Uh, faithfully serving God. And, and to edify the body of Christ. Of course the body of Christ is the church. And that word edify, I looked up the definition of that word edify. It means to instruct and improve the mind in knowledge generally. And particularly in moral and religious knowledge. In faith and holiness. So it's talking about building up uh, the church, us, in, in spiritual knowledge which brings spiritual strength. That we continue to teach and preach the Bible and, and, and help people along that they might spiritually mature. So that they can handle uh, when the clouds roll in and when the valley gets deep. So they can handle those things. Uh, but also to unify the faith. Verse 13 says, till we all come in the unity of, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So to unify the faith. Now I'm telling you, if we are all learning the same things, and if we're all practicing the same things, come on, this is part of being a church here. If we're all learning the same things, we're being taught by one book. And we're all practicing the same things. Serving alongside one another. Truly submitting ourselves to God and to His teachings. I can promise you there will be unity among the believers. No, no. As long as nobody's running their own program... There will be unity among the believers. And when someone gets to thinking that they know more than those that are trying to lead them in a way that God would have them to go as part of that church, their pride pride will cause contention. Only by pride cometh contention, the Bible says. It will cause contention. And I'm not talking about blind obedience, heavens to Betsy. That should never be practiced. I, I'm, I'm speaking to those that, that choose to do I'm speaking to those that choose to do their own thing, no matter what's being taught from the Bible. Uh, we're talking about walking in agreement with the word of God brings unity. But it also solidifies doctrine. And we love doctrine. Come on, this is our doctrine. This is it. You have doctrine in your church? Well, hopefully, you have some in your church somewhere. Yep. Yep, we have doctrine. But it's also no, no, no. These gifts were given to solidify doctrine. Because we do not have to be deceived by every wind of doctrine that blows along the way. We don't have to be deceived by that. No, 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 no. We ought to be grounded. We ought to be grounded in this book, grounded in our doctrine. I'm saying you have to be very cautious about... Li- I, okay. You need to be very cautious about allowing your children to be around those that do not believe the Bible the way that we do because it can cause confusion. It'll mess them up. It can cause your children to stumble. Know why you believe what you believe in children. And teach your children to stand for the truth. To stand for this old Bible. But also, know the teachers, the gifts were given to encourage submission to the Lord. Encourage submission to the Lord. Verse number 15 there says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, In Him, in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Can I tell you that without submission to the Lord, we will never grow to be what the head of the church, Jesus Christ, will never grow to be what He would have us to be. No, please get that. Without submission to the Lord... You know why a lot of homes are in disarray? A lot of homes are in disarray because dad won't submit to the Lord. Or mom won't submit to the Lord. Or child won't submit to the Lord. Come on. We're we're talking about the church. I understand that. But I'm telling you, the church is made up of families. And when the whole family is submitting to the Lord it sure makes for a much more peaceful existence. It causes everything to go the way that God would have it to go. Are you listening to me still? The way that God would have it to go. I don't understand why people don't trust God. Well, I'm telling you, but if we don't do it, but we don't do it that way, we do it this way. And we do it, and, and well does it line up? Well, it, you know, but you know, I don't. You know, it may not line up with that because there's some things in there that I don't fully understand. And I, no, no, it's not, not. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Don't start blaming God if you don't understand that. And don't make that. No, no. Listen to me. Don't you make that. Don't you let that make you run to some humanistic book. That fills your head with garbage, that causes you to fill your children's head with garbage, that gets them to a place where they can't trust God. I'm telling you, you are setting your children up for failure. It's a dangerous place. Without submission. Preacher, you stay on our case. You listen to me. I do not continually try to get you to submit to God so that it's going to make me look good. If you just submit to God, I can look so much better. man. No, 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 no. It's not what it's about. I continually encourage you to submit to God because I know the plan that He has for your life is much better than the plan that you have for your life. It's much better than the plan that you have for your children's lives. God's plan is the perfect plan. And we need to be in submission to Him. To Him. To God. Well, I suppose you think if we're submitting to you. that We're going to be in submission to God. Listen, if I'm not lined up with the Bible, I don't expect anybody to be in submission to me. If it can be proved that, I have, that I've wandered away from the doctrine of this book, I don't expect anybody to follow me along the way. I just want people to submit themselves to God because I know that that life's better than any other life that anybody can live. These gifts are to do a work. Look at verse 16. No, we're, we're, we're almost done. Look at verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. See, when these things are working the way that God intended for them to work, they will make the church productive. Talk about us. The church is us. It's us The church. And it will make the church productive. When all these work, as God planned for them to work, we're going to see the church, it says here, we're going to see the church fit together. There's not going to be division. No, no, it will make the church fit together. There's not going to be any division. No, as long as everybody's going the way that God would have them to go, doing what God would have them to do, there's not going to be any division. And it will cause the church to function effectively. Going forward. No, no, not not stuck. Not going backward. Going forward. Functioning. Effectively. Seeing God work. And it will cause the church to see increase. It's the Lord's church. You've heard me say it a hundred different times. He said, I will build my church. We trust Him to do that. We're just supposed to be doing the work that He would have us to do. It's his church. He's gonna build it. And we understand that. But but as we are all headed the same direction, come on, family after family, person after person, individual after individual, we will see increase. We'll see souls saved, we'll see people baptized, we'll see people disciple. Come on, see the need, reach the lost, lead the way. That's what the church is here for. And when things are in order the way that God would have them be ordered, that's what we will see. And we'll see the church edify itself. That's what it says there in verse 16. We'll see the church edify itself. What do you mean, preacher? No, no, stay with me here. The church will continue to build up one another for God's glory. To build up one another. That's what we're supposed to do. Helping one another. Edifying one another. Building up one another. Not tearing down. Building up. And when things are lined up the way that our sovereign God wants them to be lined up. No, no. When we're all saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, whatever you want, Lord. No, no. When we're all at that place, I guarantee you, we're going to see things happen. And probably you noticed the last two words there in verse number 16. It said in love. And it really seems to me that we could call that the ultimate expression of unity. Come on, that all this is happening in love. Nobody, no, 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 no. Nobody's murmuring. Nobody's griping. Nobody's complaining. And I don't know why we don't. It can't and it doesn't seem. And I tell you what, I don't know why the and the preacher and it's always i no, no, no. There's not gonna be any of that because if we're operating in the love of God, uh, that stuff won't be happening. It's not gonna happen. But it really comes back to. Well, the title of the message, Trusting God's Leadership. Trusting God's Leadership. If we believe that God is sovereign, and we should because God is sovereign, and we believe that He leads us to the church in which He would have us to learn and serve, could there, stay with me just a couple more minutes, could there possibly Could there be a possibility of God putting you someplace where you may not exactly agree with everything that you hear? Okay, come on. You're with me, right? We believe God's sovereign, right? We trust his leadership. We believe that we pray and God puts us in a certain place. We believe that. Lord, is this the church you would have me to join? And we have peace about that and we we go there. So is there a possibility that our God might put us someplace where we do not exactly agree with everything that we hear? And I'm not talking about doctrine. No, 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 no. no. We've, We've already talked about that. The Bible's our doctrine. And that doesn't change. I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm talking about personal preferences. Personal preferences. Could it be that God would put you in a church where He would attempt to change your mind about something you've already made up your mind about? I mean, God is wanting to grow us, right? He's trying to lead us where He wants us to go, correct? Come on, Christian. Saved again, blood-bought, trust in Jesus Christ to keep you from having to go to hell. So we can trust His leadership, right? He's a sovereign God. We pray, Lord, where would you have me to go? He leads us. He puts us in a membership of a good Bible-believing, teaching, preaching church. A church that's trying to fulfill the Great Commission Going out, preaching the gospel, seeing people saved, seeing people baptized, putting them in discipleship, trying to grow them up where they'll go out and they'll tell people about Jesus and it continues to go on. Come on, I'm talking about we that are saved by the grace of God and we that have trusted God to this point and we that have prayed and, and God places us in some church. I mean, doesn't it make sense that God could possibly, could possibly put us someplace where he might try to change our mind about our own personal preferences well I can, tell you, I can tell you you might as well stop right there preacher because I can tell you one thing I can live my life the way that I choose whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa stop right there that's already been addressed we, no no we, we already talked about that although God is sovereign we, we still have a free will Absolutely so. And even when he's trying to get us to submit to him like he did, please listen to me, like he did the children of Israel many, many times, we are very well able and prone to say no. Are we not? Come on, Bible readers. You read time and time again that God tried to move the children of Israel in a certain way, and they said, nope. Okay, so you can't find nope in the Bible, but that's basically what they said. I'm going to do my own thing. I'll go my own way. I'll see it my own way. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't even matter what God says. I'll do my own thing. And they did over and again, didn't they? And they struggled over again, didn't they? And we have to really, come on, be honest with yourself tonight. In your life, are you living out every man doing right in his own eyes? Well, preacher, this is just the right way for me. Well, it's not if God wants you to go a different way. Amen. Right. It's not. Either you're living that life of every man doing what's right in his own eyes, or you're trusting God's leadership. Because God is trying to lead you. He's trying to lead you in the way He'd have you to go. Because He loves you and cares for you and He knows what's best for your life. Are you more prone to do what others think you should do or are you trusting God's leadership? Do you listen to worldly arguments or do you just trust what God's Word says? Can I tell you that following others... Listen to me, I'm right. At it done. Following others instead of following God will lead to confusion every time. No, no, it will put you in a state of confusion. No, no, no. When God is working in your life trying to get you to do something, you don't surrender. You follow somebody else's leadership instead of God. It will put you in a state of confusion. It will cause confusion every time. That's why one of my favorite questions in counseling is this. What would God have you do? Because that's exactly what I want for everyone whatever god wants for them. and he's well able to direct us isn't he trusting god's leadership will bring unity and peace in your life in your home and in the church and I think that we really have to ask ourselves on a pretty regular basis, especially a basis, especially since we are so bombarded by the things of this life, this world. I think we need to ask ourselves and be honest with ourselves when we ask the question, am I trusting God's leadership or have I already made up my mind about what I'm going to do in those parts of my life? I think it's important that we listen to God and we yield ourselves to Him. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Would you do that? We're going to open up the altars. We set them out. It's only right. Dear Heavenly Father, I i I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful over t- over time that you have put me put us in churches and in situations that have helped us to realize what you want and helped us to make the decision of what you want instead of just what we want. And Lord, I have to testify even in prayer to you that when we Followed you, submitted to you, yielded to you. Everything always worked much better and still does. And I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts tonight, but Lord, I have to believe that with the word being preached that you did speak to hearts. And so we're going to open up the altar. And I pray that if you've dealt with someone that they would come tonight and just Surrender. Just yield. Whatever you want in their life, whatever you want, you want, that they would just yield. Because I know the outcome of that is going to be good. Help us all, young and old, to be trusting your leadership. Because you'll never lead us astray whatever needs to happen these next few minutes I pray folks will yield whether here or at home dear God please work we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Piano's is going to play softly some have already come to the altar you need to come tonight don't, don't wait don't hesitate let's all stand to our feet whatever God would have you to do you just let him have his way whatever you want whatever he wants